Do y'all know I'm a lesbian? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> yes. People forget. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing feminine about me. But that's not true. Well, I mean, I give off masculine energy. Let me rephrase that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the E Frank Thought Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, a.k.a. the number one thought ally, a.k.a. the bussy champion, a.k.a. top five bussy dead alive, a.k.a. a bussy saint for Jesus, a.k.a. you are not alone, bussy is here with you. Um, We would like to welcome all of the bussy hive and any new um, bussy hive, any potential new bussy hive members to episode 313 entitled The Complex Feelings of Bussy. Um, once again, episode 313 of the entitled The Complex Feelings of Bussy. Um, this is the Eat Pray Thought Podcast. I'm your co host, um, Sawyer Anthony Jefferson, once again, just to reiterate that. And, you know, thank you for coming. And now I'm about to introduce the sexual chocolate. Ooh, come on, nails. I like this nail color. I didn't oh, even know it's that. I need to get these nails done. That's a cute color, though. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I was given my, like, you know, Rich white woman steez. That's what that's what I think this <laughs> this color is. Like I go to the nail place and I only get a nude. Oh, um, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Hey, well, yeah, hey. but you know, <laughs> I don't have nails because you know I gotta do the thing, so I don't have the the nails. I don't want to hurt nobody. Look, well, look, what thing? Wait, hold on, what the thing? thing? Come on, the thing. Oh, the thing. oh, oh, <laughs> the oh, thing is fingering. oh. I'm sorry, I didn't. I look, look. The thing is fingering. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't. <laughs> Go ahead, Amber. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, ah, hey, y'all. Ah. What's up? It's your girl, Amber, a.k.a. Emo Black Girl, a.k.a. Any Depressants, a.k.a. Tisha Campbell Tease, because I'm always still here, a.k.a. Um, creative Director of Depressed Ho Aesthetics, a.k.a. Yes, you know, we out you. That's basically it. A.k.a. these niggas still gonna come. <laughs> That's your favorite line for me. It's a, it like was, I said. AKA these niggas still gonna come. Um, how was your week, Amber? My week was good. It's been a little bit stressful. Um, like I, you know, have this new job. I'm working with like youth. It's like a new teen show. And so I'm like directing like some of these segments. And this is like my first time like directing like a bunch of people and a bunch of staff and bunch of white folks so it was like stressful but it was also really good and um so I had a good time and I'm like really proud of myself but it, it's been a it's been a like I think because I'm always like I gotta be perfect you know like I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta be okay so I'd be like stressing myself out but mm. um but what I am learning to do is when I'm afraid I just be like okay that's true it is this is scary but we about to do this and we not about to quit and we about to keep on going and that's basically what I've been doing all week just working you know work 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 oh that is such a good karaoke song by the way really yeah I did that for uh New Year's Eve one day and it like fucking I fucking killed it I fucking killed it it's such a fun uh, karaoke song. How are you? How's your week? Um, you know the girls. Um, also giving Tisha Campbell keys. Um, Tisha Campbell keys. Yeah. Um, because I'm always I'm still here. Uh-huh. Um, 
Let me see. Why updates? I deleted both my Tinder and my Hinge. Why? Not because I have a man. I want to be clear. Why? Um, I just felt like it was time. You know, they say doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is insanity. <laughs> and I've been on Hinge and all the apps for a very long time, and I ain't found a nigga yet. Um, <laughs> so at this point, I'm leaving it to God in the universe. Okay. Um, as to be my main apps. Okay. Um, shout I'm out to like- God. I'm on Bumble. I'm on Hinge. I'm not on Tinder. I have it, but I don't do it. And then I for, I only do it when I'm unemployed because then I have time to like deal with all that stupid shit that dudes be doing, you know? I don't have time to deal with the stupid shit that dudes be doing. That's what I'm saying. You be work. I don't know how people work and date at the same time. That seems like the ghetto. insane to me. The ghetto. Like, I'm like, I have to talk to you after work. I'm stressed. Like, you are probably really dumb, and I don't need wow. to hear. You know, you know. I, I, you go damn, on, Amber. You go on dates with men. You know. They, I don't think they dumb. I just think they're You don't think they're dumb? I think just, I'm, I'm starting to feel like niggas just don't know how to court. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that is that, annoying, that seems too. To be, yeah, like, that seems to be the tendency. But anyways, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, that was my, that's, I guess that's the only real update. I had some shoots this week. Cute. Um, after this, I have the rush to a fashion show. Um, <laughs> you know, booked and bussy. You booked know, and book bussy, bussy, okay. Um, but yeah, so now we're just going to jump on ahead and introduce our lovely guest. Come um, on. <laughs> um, are you single? Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> She is ready, you know, always prepared with the short nail. (laughs) (laughs) I am fucking done. (laughs) Amber is always trying to pimp off somebody. That's Uh, fine. I'm not having too much luck on my own, so help. Valerie looks Well, I I want you to come get some of these men away from me because they keep bothering me. I'm not interested. Oh, Jad. The ghetto. They want you. They probably don't want me, but maybe. Maybe that's why they want me because I don't want them. That maybe. might be it. Look, look you got you my always... friend tells me I always have the best luck with men because I don't want to be bothered, <laughs> and it's something about not wanting to be bothered. That yeah, something mm. about the chase. That I mean, I don't care. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Because you always want somebody who's just like more relaxed and like you know don't give a fuck. So do I. Do oh, say, I, I, oh, we'll oh, introduce you. Okay. Sorry, we just jumped we into just the jumped. convo. We don't do this all the time. Val- Hi, Val. Hi, Val. Valerie Complex, y'all. Okay, she is a screenwriter, an entertainment journalist, a movie critic, a military veteran, and a movie nerd. She's also from the Boogie Down Bronx. Uh, she is passionate about inclusion, inclusion across all entertainment mediums. Pussy High, please welcome Valerie Complex. Thank you for having me. Um, <clears throat> I guess you can add uh, author. Okay. To that, I just Come. got a literary agent, so I'm writing a comic book. Okay. Nice, yes. Come on, shout out comic book. Come books. on, we need more. Thank of you those. <laughs> from black Come women. Um, yeah, my story is about black women, and it's a western. So we'll see oh. how that. Uh, nice. Come on, how that how that is. I'll show y'all some art later. Okay. Yes, we'll y'all remember that? Um, I know this is so random, but don't fight me. Y'all remember that western movie with Lisa Ray? No, but and I Ma- need to I think see it, this. I think it was like Lisa Ray and Megan Good was in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> was that the reboot of Posse? Uh-uh, was it, uh-uh, was uh-uh, it the huh. movie with Will Smith? Uh-uh, Wild Wild West? No, 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 no. Hold on. Jay, I'm about to Google it. Lisa Ray, um, Western. Wow. The fact that that is a Western is killing I didn't even me. know Lisa Ray was still acting. It was called Gang of Roses. 
Gang of Roses, girl. Yes, it was called Gangs of Roses. <laughs> so was it on? I'm about BET to tell y'all who was in it. Oh, 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 a film. Okay, here's the cast. Lord it was Jesus. Monica Calhoun, <laughs> Little Kim, Stacey Dash, Lisa Ray, Macy Gray was in it. Also, Bobby Brown was in there. You okay. know what? Um, Let's get to the show. <laughs> Ah, Valerie is so disgusting with me, but y'all, I just remember that was a thing. I'm sorry. Where did you see this, girl? Is it a straight to BET movie? It was. It was not straight. That like it had like a lot of buzz. I remember it having a lot of buzz, and people were excited about it. (laughs) And then, and it's called Gang of Roses, and Little Kim was in it. Shout out to Little Kim. This sounds Uh, like it was. It was definitely on BET eventually, but um, it was. Oh, it's an indie film. Yes, it was an indie film. <laughs> so Valerie, anyway. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Gang. Let me look up Gang of gang, Roses. Gang. See, now yeah. you got me interested. This is. This literally looks like Players Club with cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Lisa this, Ray knows her role. No, if you took, she knows if her. you took off the names and you put, you know, Friday, uh-huh. um, women before twelve, you would think that that's what this was for. Yeah. Um. Wow, the budget looks like it was three ninety nine mm-hmm. you, plus tax, which is still more than what um, <laughs> Tyler Perry films are giving. But, True. Um, shout out to Tyler. Mm. <laughs> Don't look, look, look. He got a lane. Um, he does have a lane, and he stays in it. So, Valerie, any um, fun facts you would like to the busy have to know about you? Any you know anything the girls should know besides the fact that you're single and you finger. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, um, I was born in the Bronx and raised in Harlem. Uh, I was in the military for seven years. I was in the Air Force and I lived in Korea and Germany Okay, for a while. Um, I lived in California for two years. I started as a journalist back in 2013 when I was still in the military. I'm five feet tall. I don't know if you like short girls. I like we we love a short king or queen. Over I here. love you know. I don't have a preference. We're all the same height in the bed, right? Mm. And so not um, necessarily, but you know, uh, we, we we make it work. We make um, it work. That's um, I don't I don't have a preference for anything specific. I'm You're all okay. inclusive and oh. all accepting. The only requirement is vagina, and that is it. Okay. Yeah. See that my my see and my main requirement is dick mm-hmm. and black. Um. Mm. So. But I'm open to a little, you know, light skinness from time to time. <laughs> That's the thing, like, and I don't know if it's because it's a reflection of me or whatever, but you know, I have an I have a uh an attract like my eyes attract to whoever is darkest mm. i don't know what that's about maybe you know like i said maybe it's a reflection of me or whatever but even men like um you know i find certain you know i find men attractive i just don't want to sleep with them same for and women they tend to be on dark. the dark side look look dark skin we are team dark skin over oh, here, here so you so don't even have to explain <laughs> don't have to explain that at all um i guess mine is just like be a dude <laughs> Be a dude. I know it's sad. <laughs> the ghetto. It is the ghetto. But, uh, but that's how it. you know, like, when people are like, oh, you can choose to be. You really can't. You can't. Because I don't think women would want to put up with it if they had you a wouldn't. choice. Right? 
Cause we, we really I actually wouldn't. feel bad for women who date men. I feel bad for, for people who date men. I feel all. bad for people who date men. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Right. Yes. Sorry. Make that correction. I feel yeah. bad for people who date men because it's difficult. We need a support group. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but trust me, mm. women. a lot of women are no better. That's what I hear. Yeah. Trash is trash. Trash is trash. No matter this what age different. and just... Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. So... Wow, that really just took a turn. Well, so, young and uh, May. <laughs> I can do it with your She's trash. a trash. No, no. Anyways, we're going to go. We're going to jump into Bussy Pep Talk, which is one reason I'm so fucking tired of you and this young M.A. Let her go. She is trash. She is going to leave you at the abortion clinic. Anyways. But we're um, not getting an abortion. Oh, you going to keep the baby? Yes, 100%. Anyways. <laughs> We're going to jump into Bussy Pep Talks, which is one reason why Amber, myself, and the guests are proud of ourselves or just love ourselves for the week. Um, Valerie, you can start. What is your Bussy Pep Talk? Why are you proud of yourself this week? Or is it something that you accomplished? Or I got paid like a thousand bucks. Okay. Um, and different checks come into my house, whatever, for work that I've done, finally. Yes, Yay. come on. We love a check. Yay. So I, I got paid and was able to pay my rent just on the checks that I made okay. um, not you know it didn't have to come out of my bank Say. account or anything oh like nice that. Come on. Um, I get a military pension I know that makes me sound like old lady look but, oh, look. it makes you sound like <laughs> you got money I <laughs> I and, you know injured myself in the military and they mm. pay they have to pay for it so they do mm. and uh, that's good um, let's see what else am I proud about um I spoke to my agent got some notes on some of my book stuff um the thing hasn't been written yet but there's already interest in the concept which I'll explain to you guys after um so I'm proud of that um I don't know. I, I so so much is going on. I'm going to South by Southwest. Okay. I just came back from Sundance and then I'm going to South by Southwest and uh yeah. Okay. There's lots to lots to sort of be proud of. I just can't remember it all. No, Look, this girl, was that's a lot. enough. That's more than that's more than what I got. Yeah. <laughs> that's more than what I got. So much more. <laughs> you named three things. I'm struggling for one. So yeah. that Amber, what's your pussy pep talk? Um I am proud of myself because one thing, um, like going through stressful moments, I think kind of bring out your insecurities the most. <laughs> and um so I think uh, one of the things that is tough for me in general is just like being decisive and that you have to be that way in order to be a director. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I'm just like making sure that I'm like saying like exactly what I want and not being like, oh, well, maybe, well, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm proud of myself for that. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of myself because I. I <laughs> been letting these niggas go. There, there were a lot of niggas that were kind of circling the drain, so this, to speak. I feel like this reminds me of like there's like uh, hawks circling. Prey. Yes, vultures, yes. vultures. Yes, yes. 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 Okay. And there were lots of them. So okay. I've been kind of knocking them out each, like with each turn. Like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't see you before. Pop. Um. So. <laughs> Any like, reason why? Um. You know. I'm just deciding that um, there are certain things I want and there are certain things I'm no longer willing to um, settle for. Um, Even though, you know, 
I have been a person that sometimes takes things just for the sake of taking things. Um, except for dick. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm finally learning kind of like it's okay not to settle. It's okay not to like take less than what you feel like you deserve. And that, you know, that's, I'm just going along with that. So if, you know, you ain't bringing nothing to my life, you have to get popped as you circle the the vulture circle around. So yeah, shout out to me. Um, all right, so we're just gonna jump right into it. Um, we go in order here. Anyone who may be new to listening to the podcast, we go in order, eat, pray, die. Um, so we're gonna start with eat. You ready, Valerie? Yes. Sorry, I was just looking and I see there's a gang of roses part two. Sorry, I just <laughs> Ah, 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 ah. It's a rabbit hole you going down. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just, it just popped up. I was like, "Good lord, yes, I'm ready." <laughs> it truly is, and it's called Gang of Roses Two: Next Generation. Come on, come on. And Roxy Diaz was in it, and Amber Rose. <laughs> let's go, let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> I need to breathe. Okay, all right, all right. This episode is called Gang of Roses. <laughs> Gang of <laughs> what is one fictional restaurant from TV or film that you would like to dine at? Huh. From TV or film that I would like to dine in. Um, it's this one place that they went to on an episode of Martin. I can't freaking remember what it was but they was ordering lamb and shrimp and all that and i think what's his name was there i see i'm so bad with names and let Martin, me see tommy cole huh i was naming the no, um it's one of the characters that martin plays jerome. jerome jerome okay and he was up in there um Maybe it was a it was, was the episode where he went with Pam. He yes. took Pam to a nice spot. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, that looks like a nice place to take a <laughs> date. Um, not Jerome, but um, it was like I was like that place looks nice. I also like that club they used to go to. Yeah. Um, in Martin, I forgot. Um, oh, the little bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, it was a bar. I used to, I like that place with too. the little pool in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it had like a nice boomerang 90s feel to it okay um so that's that's very martin's aesthetic we appreciate martin over here um if you could choose a flavor that your juices would taste like what would it be pineapple okay um i drink a lot of pineapple juice anyway and uh without you know if it's not the natural thing then um you know i like to pineapple pineapple pussy juices Mm -hmm. i like it Mm -hmm. okay um What's your comfort food of choice? Um, comfort food of choice. I got many comfort foods to the tune of thirty extra pounds. Um, but uh, girl, I've gained forty. So don't, <laughs> don't you are not alone. Um, popcorn. I know. Okay. Um, it's not like a real food that many would consider, but it's like my number one favorite snack and like my that's a movie critic of you favorite food <laughs> um if i had to pick a food food i would say stuffing like the way my sister makes it it just i I just be like listen i don't want nothing for thanksgiving just make a pan of that and i'll see you next week or whatever. Okay. so that's definitely a, a comfort food look you eat it all year round mm. And when the big holidays drop, got you. Um, okay. So like Independence Day and all that, people are like, why are you eating stuffing in the middle of the summer? 
because I fucking feel like it. Um, <laughs> but wait, so do your sister really makes it for Independence Day? No, I have to make it. But okay. For the hot, like for Christmas, uh, New Year's, birthday, she'll make it. Okay. Um, my stuffing is a little dry, but I, I, I your make sister's it. is not. No. Okay. She knows exactly what to do, and for some reason, I don't be listening to her, her instructions, and I always be like complaining to her, like, it's dry. And she's like, well, I told you to listen. So, yeah. It's just as the older or younger? She's way older. Way older. Way older. She's um, 49. Okay. All right. Yeah. She doesn't look it, though. Neither of us. None of us do. Look, yeah. look. Shout out to the skin. We were born to, we were born into a family of hobbits. Okay. All like five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Big personalities, look young and all that stuff. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I love a, I love a, I love a good habit. Um, <laughs> one, I feel like you've already kind of answered this, but one movie theater snack or candy that you com- are completely disgusted by. Actually, you didn't answer. Um, milk does. Wow. I yeah, just can't stand disgusting. it. I can't stand it. I don't even want to look at the box. Wow. Like, That's I get nauseous. <laughs> Who? No, it was Raisinets on my face. Aren't they the same? No, no they are not. Raisinets you are asshole. very dis- very different. Thank I like you. Raisinets, a queen. A queen. Come on, <laughs> Valerie. All of us. I knew I liked nasty. you for a reason. I like Raisinets, but no, it's not. I just do not like. I mean, I just don't like. I don't like milk duds at all. Okay. <laughs> I think because they look like little burb like shit. No, it then they just taste weird. What's inside? It's like a chalky thing. What's inside of it? It is chalky. That's why I don't like it. I think it's just literally just chocolate. No. No, it's like something cracker. Oh yeah, Ray Ray. I'm thinking um what's the other one that's just all chocolate but it's like caramelized almost. Mm -mm. Okay. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You think about a fifth avenue? That's what it's called. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Toffee, caramel toffee inside. Maybe. I don't want to say that anymore. Sorry, that was... No, it's fine. Dating myself. Look, look. It's okay. Um, Tell us one random food fact. It can be random for you. It doesn't have to be like... They usually dye salmon uh, the pink color. Because um, salmon... You know that gray that you see on the bottom sometimes Um, we eat salmon? That's what it actually looks like. Oh, wow. But they figured that wouldn't you know look appealing to people so they dye it pink i did not know that and i eat a lot of salmon yep wow you a queen (laughs) you are a fucking queen (laughs) thank you for teaching me something i did not know um i'm gonna teach you i'm gonna teach you another food fact that is actually good to know um have you heard about plastic and rice no um a lot of uh i guess a lot of rice coming from china and some coming from the caribbean contain plastic Mm-hmm. Um, and you won't know the difference between the grain and the plastic. And what was happening was they were, um, China was sending a lot of food aid to Haiti, and a lot of it was just bags full of plastic. Um, and people were ingesting it and getting sick, and they were like, well, why? It's the rice. Okay. I feel like I saw something on Twitter where they were able to kind of like differentiate the rice and the plastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did. So it was I'm something so sorry. about the way it sat in the water or yes, something like that. Yes. Mm. I saw a video on how they like made the plastic rice. It Ooh. was really like, what the hell? Like it was, yeah. And it's like all that work you put in to make the plastic, just go to the rice field, fucking pick it out. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're going to do, it's just, it seems like the same amount of work. You know what mm. I mean? So, but are we in like a, I don't know, like a drought of some sort? Like there's not enough rice? No, I just think that 
the counterfeit stuff across the board is just cheaper to make mm-hmm. and easier to uh, to distribute and mm-hmm. replicate at a faster speed yeah. than it is to say, you know, have a bunch of people, you know, picking rice and plucking and, you know, doing what they do and then washing it and all that. Yeah. Sorry, I if I don't have some plastic rice, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make it so dark. No, so, look, look, thank you. Look, look, I need to know. We need to let people know, but yeah. So I guess look it up online and then figure out how you can figure out what's plastic and what's real rice. All right. Um, if you could pair pussy with any wine or liquor, what would what would you select? Well, um. I'm probably gonna get dark again, but I was an alcoholic for a long time. Oh, did not. Um, Me too. Same. (laughs) Alcohol sister. I haven't um I haven't had a drink since 2010. Okay. Um, Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Kind of 2008 for me. But if it had to, if I if it had to, um, my favorite was amaretto sour. Okay. Um, which is a drink I don't think anybody. Digs. I, I actually like amaretto okay. sours. Um, for a long time, that was my drink of choice because um, they were amaretto sour or like amaretto and sprite. Um, mm. So I think it would taste like. I think that would be like an adventure for somebody. Okay. Yeah. Amaretto bus or puss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we are done with eat. We gonna jump right into pray. We start pray the same way every time. Okay. What is your passion? Um, my passion is telling stories. Um. My mom said I used to tell a lot of lies when I was younger. <laughs> so she said, you might as well make a profit. Um, Shout out to your mom yeah, <laughs> for guiding you. Yeah, she was like, you might as well make a profit. And I <clears throat> just sort of became like a storyteller. Um, and I'm like, well, what if I put the things that I imagine in my head onto paper? And that's how this whole book thing came about. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me just figure something out, put a couple of lies together. And somebody was like, yeah, this is great. Um I, I just think that is my passion and my wanting to tell stories, <clears throat> all types of stories about everybody. Um, because I don't know, it's just fun to imagine worlds and creating things that are just sort of different outside of the norm. And um, I think my passion is definitely for creating stories and writing screenplays. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, you know, make money off of writing screenplays, but I don't want to be famous. Okay. I don't want to be bothered. So. I don't want to be bothered or famous. Yeah, I, I, I both. I mean, that's great. Sometimes I want to be like semi-famous just so I can get like free things. Like I wanted a box of Ivy Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you technically don't have to be famous. Like if you were like a friend of like uh, Beyonce's publicist or something like that, you could get it. No, she, no, I don't think I could. I don't think um, Yvette would give me a box for being a friend. Okay. <laughs> it seems you had to be semi-famous. I feel like they, you, if even the boy, um, well, they probably. I, I'm sure she got she friends. Sent, she probably just sent some. Yeah, she's been like sent boxes. Like she sent to, she sent to her stylist or her her choreographer. But if you saw, like, he got a real small box versus like the big ass box of celebrity. I want the big box. Oh, okay. I want the the, the drawer. Okay. I'm greedy. So you want the curtain? And the yeah, I want to be able to. Yeah. Okay. Ivy Park is Adidas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So, what was the first film that really had an impact on your life? Serafina. 
Hmm, um, I've never seen it before. Yeah, no, Serafina is the musical. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was in the was in the um, <clears throat> was in the movie, but it was mm-hmm. pretty much about um, this one girl who really had a fascination with Man- Nelson Mandela and him getting his freedom and just apartheid and apart apartheid or however you pronounce it That's that right. was going on in. Um, that was going on in, in Af- South Africa at the time. So that's a film that I that first comes to mind about like how to having a perspective on film. Another one I think is like batteries not included. Whatever came on channel eleven on Sunday <laughs> was like one of the films that, you know, among the films that made an impact. But batteries Saf- not included, what's that about? Um <clears throat> it's a film about these alien robots that come to earth Mm. and they land on this building um and they how they interact with the inhabitants inside and this like couple like there's a couple of old people there's you know children and everything and just how they sort of get along with this alien entity Jesus, I'm like dating myself because don't worry about dating yourself also I I'm not I wasn't into like aliens or robots as like a kid so it could have come out at the very same time and i just didn't know. i just didn't have a preference yeah. for i was just into watching whatever whenever the antenna was working yeah <laughs> why okay so why shout were out those, to antennas yeah why were those two films specifically like impactful to you i don't know they made me feel you know very opposite emotions like seraphina made me feel sad and then batteries not included made me feel happy. You know, I'm just thinking of how I internalized it as a child. Um, you know, I just think that they made me feel emotions as opposed to I'm just watching something. Right. Um, and I think that's why they were um, impactful at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching movies for a very long time since I was like four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the very first horror film that I saw, which was Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was mm-hmm. six years old. <laughs> and I was like, this is, and I found the movie funny. Like, I don't yeah. know, something, my mom thinks I'm psycho. Cause no, but like, there's something weird about this, like, burned man, like, Who, like chasing after you, children. Even at, the, even at the time, I was like, wow, the acting is so bad. That was like, and I think that that, you know, was part of my love for horror films and mm-hmm. um because it got a, an emotional response out of me whether it was comedic or horrifying it was one of those things um I haven't been scared by a horror film in a really long time but I remember when Candyman came out and that actually terrified me because it was closely related to it was an urban legend about people in the ghetto mm-hmm. and people who, in the ghetto who were being affected by it um, I mean, the movie now is crap, but um, looking at it as a 10 year old, it was like, wow, this, this is crazy. Maybe it's, this is something that really does exist. And, you know, what if I, you know, say his name three times or whatever, he's going to show up at the crack house or, you know, whatever. I didn't live in a crack house, but, you know, just mm-hmm. diff- he was closely related to the communities, to the community that I was from. And um, even though it took place in Chicago. So I think that's what made it scary. Right. Um. Yeah, sorry, I can go on forever. No, this is fine. Yeah. This is what we want you to do. I do actually, I randomly have a question. So what's the last movie that you've seen that made you feel something? Uh, a movie, a French movie called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, mm-hmm. It's about lesbians um, in the 18th century. And it's just, 
it's not like the the corny lesbian movies where they're all you know where it's just sex scene after sex scene and they can't act or whatever it's actually like a romance between two women who aren't like showing off their body and stuff like that which I don't mind I don't care about that um it was just different because it was like an actual romance Mm -hmm. um the courting period um you know how they related to each other what love looks like and it also cross uh is juxtapositioned against the art scene of the time and how this woman who's a relatively well-known artist falls in love with one of her subjects and mm. so that's the last movie i saw that when i went to can uh last year come on. and humble flex come on i saw that when i went to can I, okay i went to well cuz when i went to can i was i had it was weird adjusting because that part of France is so racist and mm. everything was just so big and it was my first time there. But I got to the I got to the movie late and I was almost about to close the door and I ran in and I sat in the first row in the middle. And I was like, I'm not going to get through this because <laughs> um, it was 1030 at night. But I sat through the whole two hours. And after I saw the movie, I got home and I sat back on the couch like, whoa. That was good, and I can't believe it starred white people, and I gave a damn. Uh, <laughs> That's how I know a movie's good, if it has a bunch of white people, and I'm like, wow, I'm still interested in this. Yeah, it was like 10.30 at night. I was exhausted already. I figured I was going to go to sleep, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's a movie with white folks. This is not, I'm not going to make it. And I sat through the whole thing, and I was like energized after it was over. Mm-hmm. And I walked home, and I kept thinking about it, and I got home seven on the couch. I'm like, wow. And then the next morning, I got up and was telling my roommate I was staying with. I was like, oh, my God, I saw this film last night, lesbians, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, it, it's not a film that I identify with as a black woman Mm -hmm. but um as a lesbian it was it was one of those things that I could connect to because it was like well you know we can be romantic too we do things other than scissoring or whatever you think we do um so that that I actually don't think y'all scissoring scissoring is painful that's stuff that porn women do and that's fine if they can do it I mean kudos to them that's just not something we do (laughs) all the time Rub, rubbing vag, I don't know. It's, t- I, I don't know. I should. I don't let either. Me so I, okay. It's, but I that's feel good. Like bumping I, bussy. This, I don't think I want to do that. Either. Yeah, um, but I feel like I, I want to see that. Can I, it comes it, out on Friday. I'm hosting. A, comes out on Friday where? This Friday, Here? yeah. In New York City. In New York, um, I'm moderating a Q and A with the director on Friday. Dope. Yeah. Where? Oh, At the Angelica. I'm the. I, there might be tickets online, but they. By the time I knew I was even moderating the Q and A, the tickets was like close to being sold out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love the Angelica. Yeah, and that's weird. I I recommend. I recommend it highly. I, okay. You know, I I I vouch for this white lesbian movie. Okay. Come on. <laughs> we trust you. We trust you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, who would you want to direct your biopic, and why? Damn. Um. D Reese? Yeah. But she kind of already did that, you know. Your biopic? Not a biopic, but she directed a film, one of my other favorite films about a lesbian called Pariah. Yeah. And um, that was a film that I closely identified with mm-hmm. and was one of the best films about what it means to be a lesbian and come from a black family where some people accept you and some don't and you're still trying to figure out your identity mm-hmm. um so maybe d reese or um nika 
Nick, what's her name? Uh, Nick, Nick, Nicole DeCosta. What is her name? Um, she just directed a film this past year with Tessa Thompson called Little Woods. Um, Nia DeCosta. That's Nia her name. Deco- okay. Um, I just think that she captures um settings and emotions really well Mm -hmm. and i think that that would be the perfect thing for my biopic because it wouldn't be like this extravagant anything like an elton john or queen movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would be something that takes place in the projects you know Mm -hmm. in the shelters because i you know used to live in the shelter and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. it would be something very low budget and simple Mm -hmm. and i've thought about like writing so it'd be more indie Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. It definitely would be an indie thing. Um, but I have like a life full of stories that are pretty much all made for the indie scene, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And so she would be perfect. I would want a black woman to be on top of it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's interesting because um, there has been kind of like this conversation around like black girl nerds and like, you know, especially like you said that you were growing up in like projects and shelters and sometimes people have this perception that like nerds don't live there mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, I guess like how did like growing up in projects, growing up in shelters, like influence you and like nerd culture in a way? Um, well, you know, the same year that I saw Candyman was the same year that I saw my first Japanese anime um on the sci-fi network when it was called for sci-fi channel and um and it was it was something that sort of changed i was like well movies and you know animated stuff doesn't have to always be for kids it can be semi-adult or whatever Mm -hmm. um it can be action-packed and stuff and that's how i really got into the nerd space i wasn't like a comic book person at first i was reading manga and watching anime um and I didn't really get into comic books till I was in college. So people used to make fun of me. I used to have like, um, you know, all kind of Sailor Moon merch and all kind of stickers and stuff. People I steal love the, Sailor Moon. People mm-hmm. steal the stickers. They steal my pens. Um, you know, I walk down the street and, you know, I have on my, you know, anime t-shirt with my big ass book bag full of textbooks. And people would like, you know, yell at me. And I would like, cause I like to listen to Nirvana and all that stuff at the time, as well as like R and B and hip hop. I just listened to a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like, you know, people were like, oh, I want to be white or whatever. And, and so, um, it made me kind of bitter actually. Um, seeing as how, um, nerd spaces are now have now become mainstream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so good that all these people get to coexist with nerd culture. Meanwhile, a whole bunch of us were getting beat up for it in the nineties. So, um, it, I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting over it now, <laughs> finally. But, um, that sort of introduced me into the nerd space. And it wasn't until I got to college that I really met people who were active nerds, like read comic books, did things on the computer, liked film video games and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so that's that's where i came i felt like i was more accepted when i went to john jay mm-hmm. okay i was gonna ask where did you go yeah went to john jay it was right down the street college of criminal justice i was supposed to go to uh i got accepted to juilliard for acting no wow. my mom was like we don't have the money and i don't think that's a realistic thing hindsight is you know 2020 and you know i was like 18 years old so Mm -hmm. instead of going to juilliard i went to korea to work 
um, and I worked with uh, elderly people, comfort women from the Korean War, who they were women who were forced into prostitution mm. by the Japanese, and um, they didn't know English, I didn't know Korean, but we would just sit around and listen to music, and they'd cook, and I'd just be sitting here smiling, and that was all they wanted was companionship, so yeah, so yeah, I've been to Korea twice, once when I got out of high school, and once in the military, when mm-hmm. I lived there for a while, so. So, okay, so kind of take us back through this, so you graduated from high school, mm-hmm. you went to Korea first. Mm-hmm. Why did you go to Korea? I want to get out the house and, um, but to go to Korea, I'm just that kind of person. I'm okay. just like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. You were um, like, no Philly. No, no. Well, I had initially Canada. wanted to, it was a program that my friend had went to Thailand the year before. Mm-hmm. This was in 2001. He had went to, uh, to Thailand in 2000. And he was like, this is a program or whatever. I was like, I, I don't think I'm interested in all that. I want to stay home and I want to get Jordans and I want to hang out with my friends. And my sister was like, absolutely not. You're going to this program. Um, and then, you know, I got warmed up to the idea and then I became excited about it. Um, how long were you there? Three months. Okay. I wasn't there too long. Okay. Um, but you know, it was my first time being on a plane for 19 hours. Yeah. So it was like, it helped me get over my fear of planes very quickly. (laughs) Um, and uh, so I did that, and then I came back, and then I took a semester off of school and decided to work. And then 9-11 happened, and um, I was out of work and out of options for a while. And then I went to school in the spring of 2002. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So you kind of said, like, you learned to, you kind of accepted. Sorry, I had to scratch my titty. You can, uh, sometimes <laughs> they itch. Yes, the little child. Um, but... <laughs> Um, you said previously earlier that you've kind of learned to accept yourself as a nerd. Mm-hmm. Like how has, what has that process been like embracing that with kind of like the history, so to speak? Um, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what people got to say. Like I just saw my mom recently and she had a whole bunch of shit to say. And I was just like, okay, I mean, if, I hope you got it out and that is cathartic for you. Um, I'm going to move on. Everybody, the one question my family always asks me, like, are you listening? No. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, because I'm going to do my own thing and be uh, my own person because I've been, I've been, I've put a lot of people first for way too long. Mm-hmm. And I think even at 37 years old, I'm still learning to set boundaries and, and put myself first. Um, I'm even still kind of just working through what it means to be a lesbian because I, when I first came out in 2010, I didn't, I went to war, to war pretty much and didn't have an opportunity to examine what that was like. And then after I got out the military, I had, I went to move to California because I had a relationship that didn't work out. And then, um, just, it was a series of unfortunate events that happened that I couldn't examine what it meant, what, who I was as a person. Um, because when I stopped drinking alcohol, you know, I had to find who I was and, you know, I was going through a lot of depression and stuff like that. And I think going through all of that up until now, I've reached a point where I'm just like, I'm not shrinking myself to fit, uh, others needs or into a mold that they want to put me in um which is 
this is slightly off topic, which is another reason why I think I've been having trouble finding dates because I'm not really interested in being defined as a stud or a fam mm. or whatever. I kind of just want to do my own thing. And a lot of people want definitiveness and I'm not giving that to anybody. Um, mm. There's somebody I'm sure who wouldn't mind, you know, just my personality uh, and it's bullshit. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, and that's, that's sort of how I come into my own with the nerd culture. I just kind of do whatever I feel like doing, um, whatever is the right thing to do. I mean, you know, I still help people out and everything because. Because you got to help yourself. But first. yeah, right. So that's where I'm at right now. Congrats. Thank you. I, look, it ain't easy. It's not, it's still a struggle. But every day I think I get better at it. Amen. Yep. Amen. Ooh, you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I got to uh, my life is weird, so it's... All our lives are weird. Exactly. You, once again, you are not alone. <laughs> um, um, a topic that... Um, a topic of our phase being problematic has been coming up a lot lately. Um, and you retweeted a tweet that said, our phase are problematic, including me. Don't ever forget that because the pedestals are falling again. So who's your current... Who's your current problematic fave <laughs> and do you think is even possible to be completely unproblematic in 2020 um no <laughs> I, I don't either but <laughs> it's not it's not possible at all i just i got dragged recently because of a movie that people hate in france and that people love in america and i mean black french women dragged the fuck out of me Mm. and it was calling me problematic and I lost a whole bunch of followers or whatever and I was like okay well um and there's been a lot of I've been debating a lot within myself on what does it mean to be a sellout and what does that look like if I am working with someone who is prop because I've come to the conclusion that in the business that I'm in avoiding white people is not possible right and so how do I work within that to where I can keep a sense of self, mm. um, but not sell my soul too much. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's happened recently. I, you know, I, I'm not rich, um, but I need to get paid. And sometimes the, prob the problematic people are paying and they're paying on time and they're paying quickly. Um, so what do you do? Um, do you worry about your followers and say, well, I, I'm not going to be problematic at all. I'm going to stay true to myself. Or do you stay and stay broke? Or do you make a decision where it's between rent and food or followers? You know, I have, mm -hmm. I have to make the decision. Um, and I chose to eat. Um, and a lot of people got mad about that. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I even put up a tweet and was like, well, I'm going to be doing a lot of problematic things in 2020. So you might as well just go and hit that button. Um, now um because you know i have to eat and i have to survive and we have to play certain types of games to maneuver but i don't i don't i'm still trying to figure out what that's going to look like my problematic fave um god uh i still love erica badu i love her music yeah um that's she's a good hard one. to she's hard to let go um I'm a very big Bjork fan and I don't even know why I'm still a fan of hers after she said the N word 
I didn't even know New York said that. She anyway. she said in the context of a conversation, she was like, "Oh, music is the the nigger of the world." And uh, I was like, oh, "Okay." So somebody had to explain to her, like, "Wow, girl, that's not right." And she just was like, I, "She didn't get it." Um, um, but I'm still listening to her music. So, um, yeah, uh, those are the two that come to mind. Okay, yeah. Amber, who's your problematic fave right now? Is Doja Cat? Mm. Wait, how is she problematic again? I don't. She said some things about faggots. Yeah. Yeah. But I really, really love Hot Pink. And I also think it's problematic that she still works with uh, Dr. Luke. Well, she signed a Dr. Luke. So there's really nothing she can do about that. Right. But yeah, I think it's. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying she signed. Um, She's been signed to him. I, mm. Ooh, child. Um, I knew of Doja Cat before. Way long time ago and she's been a, a, a unique creature for a long time <laughs> <laughs> a unique soul um who, who is, is your problematic fave mm. the one that initially came to mind was trey songs um how is he problematic he there's a lot of things that trey has been coming up from um assaulting women to wow being um To basically being very, um, what's the word? Aggressive, obviously, with kind of just like touching it, you know, grabbing asses, just basically thinking he's he, been sexually assaulted. Women. Yeah, yeah. So sexually, yeah, sexually mm-hmm. assault. I didn't, I, I didn't know how to say that because I don't think he's been accused of rape per se, but it's still sex, a form of sexual mm-hmm. assault for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was the first one that came to mind because I still have moments where I'm like, ooh, there's certain songs though. Um, I can. Li- I had to change it like a few weeks ago. Mm. I was like, because this is one song he had. So she's loving it, and he's like, I know she says it, she don't, but she do. And I was like, mm. going ch- ch- can't listen to this song the way I used to. Um, yeah. So it's just little things like that. I mm-hmm. think I'm kind of just like that's yeah. But I'm starting to slowly but surely let him go because mm. I didn't have a hard time letting any like R. Kelly or anyone like no, that go. Because I was like, either. I was like, bye. Yeah, never was really a fan. No. Yeah. Not at all. Um, um, I was going to say, um, I was on the train earlier and I heard Blurred Lines. And I don't think I, I hated the song before, but like I was like listening to the words and I was just like, this is so rapey because he's basically like, he's like, I know you want it, but you're a good girl and I hate these blurred lines. And it's like, what? <laughs> How do you know she wants it? She yeah, I never liked that song. Yeah, I never liked that song either. Um, but yeah, it is rapey. But you know what's interesting? Because we were having this conversation at work, oddly enough, was like this one girl, she works for um, she, the Institute of Justice and like the Koch brothers who are just like these like truly like evil <laughs> folks um, basically funded and have been like funding like her organization for like black women and you know, um, being a black hairstylist. And so she was talking about how, you know, it's been hard for her to like, I mean, not necessarily that it was hard for her to take this money, but like, I think when she had this conversation, cause I was just like, I can't believe you're taking money from like the Koch brothers. But then I think it was more so she was just kind of like the Koch brothers are like, they're good people. And I'm just, to me, I don't know. I think if, as long as, I'm trying to think of like if I would take money from people that I think that is just like awful. Um, I think I'd just be kind of like, 
as long as I know they're awful and I'm not defending these people and then I know that I need to use them to eat, then that's it. Like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. not going to be like, oh, like these people are good or whatever. And like, they're doing good things for the community. No, they're giving me crumbs basically because they can obviously afford to. Um, but I need to take those crumbs to like make me a better person. Yeah. So, Yeah. Like, I think, you know, there are certain quali- things that will qualify people in the, you know, in the bullshit list, like mm-hmm. overt racism, sexism, any type of xenophobia or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, assault, or, you know, yeah. anything like that, or just being, you know, a flat out dick, you know, those are the people that I don't want to associate with and no form of money can do that. But there are a lot of people who are in the, who are, you know, marginal where you can put up with them they pay well Mm -hmm. they're nice to you you don't have to defend them in public right you know how many people i don't defend in public um and they know because i tell them like i can't help you on the timeline so (laughs) 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 look look you gotta be honest like tell them oh um one thing that you are stunned that you still have to explain to folks about being a black lesbian today when did you decide mm. I didn't make the decision to when I think back on it, like after I came out and I sat down and thought about it, I was like, wow, I, I've been thinking about I've been thinking like this since I was like five years old. Like mm. I have memories of being like actually attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, like when when did you decide that you were? gay i like i do you know i couldn't decide being black because i was born that way but you know being gay was not a decision that i made and i have to explain that to people um i had to explain to my nephew recently um who i love to death shout out to quentin um he'll be turning 22 in a month but um he i explained to him you know because he was talking about you know it's good that I, you know, he's glad that I, you know, decided who I was and decided to be gay. And I was like, hold up. And I explained to him what, you know, what it means, like, scientifically and whatever. And he mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's really cool. He was like, I didn't know that. And he just accepted it. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But he was also raised by black women. His father wasn't in the picture. So that kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, being asked about decisions and being asked how I have sex. So it's like, I, mm-hmm. how do you have sex? I mean, you just put it in a hole and just start wiggling and shit. I don't fucking, nobody, you know, nobody asks you how you have sex. And I don't want to know. Yeah. And I don't want to know. I don't care. (laughs) So why are you asking me that? Um, uh, On the flip side, um, there have been a couple of people who want to know as far as intersections go, what it's like. And I exist at many intersections um and it is difficult especially because so many of the intersections i exist at are under attack you know lgbtq uh i rights and this government are under attack and being cut black people are being killed systemically um state sanctioned through state sanctioned violence um you know being a woman they want to make abortions illegal uh nationally on the national federal level mm-hmm. um they're cutting they want to cut veteran funding um for people with disabilities and they may take your funding away if they see that you're too happy on social media so i have all of these different intersections that i exist at that are um in danger uh somewhat and that's and when people talk about oh you know 
when people oversimplify what I go through, it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have to, you know, I'm getting it from everywhere. So, how do you kind of like? Because when you are getting it from everywhere, how are you kind of keeping yourself sane? How are you keeping yourself like whole and you know taking care of yourself? Well, being sane is not something I don't think I'm going to achieve at, at any point <laughs> in time. But um, I like to work. My I actually work work too much. Um, my roommate says I'm like I had to take a break. Recently, I was forced to take a break because I was literally working myself to death. Um, and the doctor was like, well, OK, so you have these heart issues because um, um, I take medicine for high blood pressure. Cause mm-hmm. It's just something that rolls through the family and something mm-hmm. that black communities suffer from. And, um, you know, they were like, OK, I think you better. They like, do you want to have a heart attack before you're 40? And so I had to go on like a two week vacation where I was like literally forced to not be on social media um and all I did was rest I didn't get on the computer I didn't do anything and all I did was rest and and now I'm you know I did all that rest for two weeks so that I can exhaust myself again so um I'm learning to like say no to things good because you know money is tempting but like not all money is good money if it means you're going to be dead in a year so right because it doesn't you can't bury it with you you and and we want you here right so um after tuesday i'm taking another break um and uh work is not a great answer but that is how i distract myself or you know watching movies or sleeping i love to sleep i'm not having sex so i sleep as much as i can yes, come on sleep come on shout out to yeah, sleep sleep is my you're listening to two sleepy holes right yeah here. sleep is my <laughs> you are looking at two sleepy holes right here like my nephew's always like how do you fall asleep anywhere i'm like i just it's a talent i'm it like is. it is a really a skill it's so, really that you have to master yeah because oh being i wasn't always a sleep girl mm-hmm. and now I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to work it hard at it. It's, mm-hmm. n- it's like everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't become a good co host. I couldn't become a good publicist while putting in work and mm-hmm. putting hours and hours of just sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. So thankful. <laughs> okay. Um, seeing as you black, you're black and you work in media. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot of horror stories about how black writers and publications are treated by publicists, aka me, mm-hmm. um, and celebs. What has been your personal experience with this? That we could spend two hours on that. We could, um, so, but let's try to spend. You, let's try to spend like five to ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna work in different avenues on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to cover a junk, um, uh, if you're trying to cover a red carpet to a film premiere or whatever, they'll um, they'll put people of color, mostly black folks, um, toward the end of the press mm-hmm. line. Um, nine times out of ten the the, the celebrities will never get there because they'll be rushed in mm-hmm. or they won't you know they'll talk to three people and then they won't want to talk to anybody else um you know instead of putting us in the center or somewhere where we can have access mm-hmm. or the publicists will just be like no we're not talking to that outlet because whatever mm-hmm. um as far as like you know getting access to talent it's been like 
nearly sometimes it's impossible to do so because if you don't if you aren't on the press list you can't receive the press releases and if you don't get the press releases you don't know who to contact and if you don't know who to contact you can't get access so Mm. um there's a lot of that going around and we have like a a small community of black journalists who share information um because not everybody gets everything Mm -hmm. and um you know you'll email publicists and they'll say, sorry, there's, we don't have any more tickets or there's no more room. Meanwhile, your friend just got something, you know, because they write for Variety or The Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. So they just got something, um, but you didn't. And so, mm-hmm. you know, publicists just flat out lied. And, um, <laughs> um, and I don't think that that's necessary. It's okay to say no. I'm not going to, like, cry if you say no. Um, but I am going to get mad if you lie because then I... I have the tendency, I make a lot of publicists mad because I have the tendency to go okay, around them, uh, to go around them to the talent. And I am, I have access to a lot of talent mm-hmm. personally. Um, I have some phone numbers. Um, I have, uh, some Instagram profiles that actually respond, um, to me, um, when I need something. So they don't, they don't like that. Um, and I've had to, you know, I've had to do that, but I'm, an outlier i'm not the ex- you know exception to the rule i mean i'm the exception to the rule i'm not the the standard yeah. mm-hmm. um a lot of people don't get even that kind of access to be close to certain celebrities or whatever mm-hmm. um i had an experience once where i spoke to talent and they were like reach out to my publicist and i it was my mistake for telling the publicist i had reached out to the talent but i told them and they got mad and <sighs> You know, they they said some things that were nasty and I wanted to respond in kind um, because I just refused to be talked like that. But in this industry, you have to keep connections close or as you know connected as you can. Mm-hmm. So I didn't apologize, but I was like, I, I understand or whatever. I mean, I never did get to talk to the talent, but um, I understand on one hand, publicists, you know, so social media has made it easier to connect to the talent and leave the middleman, which is the publicist, out. Um, and I understand a lot of them are trying to keep their jobs, but I also um, feel like, you know, I I don't know if they think some of us are desperate or what it is, but, um, you know, I will not be disrespected. I don't like the talent that much for you to talk to me the way that you do hmm. uh, or the way that they do. Um, it's so interesting getting a writer's standpoint on that's this. That's what I was going to say. I'm interested because Savoy's a publicist. Oh, and I didn't so, know. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, ooh, this is interesting to uh, hear. Because I, I think it's the, the like dealing with writers and mm-hmm. editors, I think it's been the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I think because, and I also think, and also I think it feels like it's it's dependent upon where your kind of where your talent sits, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I think for me, I've worked with a lot of like cooler kind of developing acts, but they're still developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of times, I'm dealing with folks and editors and writers who are not the nicest, um, or it's kind of like a semi kiss they ass to a certain degree because you're trying um, to get your talent cause, cause out I'm tr- there exactly because right. i'm trying to get my talent out mm-hmm. there um so i think it's, it's very interesting like to kind of hear your perspective on it and i know that like something recently happened with the grammys with this particular outlet where a lot of people were kind of passing them up and 
It was a black outlet. It was a black outlet. It always is, isn't it? Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. And but what I said was as somebody who was actually on the carpet, um, at the Grammys carpet, it was like they were literally the second to third outlet on the carpet. And Grammys is literally the longest carpet that you will ever be on. And I'm not going to I'm not saying that it's right all necessarily. And because at the end of the day, they don't choose where they're at. But like by the time you get to the middle of the carpet, I know I'm personally fucking tired. <laughs> um, and I know my talent is personally tired because they don't actually want speaking. And I think so that you're saying they're the second to last on the carpet. They were literally the second. Like they were like the third It's like maybe two more outlets after them. And so it's like. And they and it was kind of sensational, in my opinion, because like. They kept showing a lot of A-listers walking past, but I was like, the thing that people don't realize is that A-listers don't talk to anybody besides the first three outlets any motherfucking way. So the average A-lister is only talking to E.T., Extra, E, Access Hollywood. And then they, they're walking past everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not unusual mm-hmm. um so, so then they kept kind of like showing like lizzo or Lil nas x and, and i kind of thought that was unfair to the black talent because i'm like lizzo sh- isn't going to talk to anybody who's not on the first four mm-hmm. whether even if she probably wanted to but she probably couldn't anyways because mm-hmm. she has things she needs to fucking do because mm-hmm. she's before she's the first act mm-hmm. so sometimes i think that like yes i obviously agree that black talent needs to support black outlets more but i also think that like sometimes we do people don't understand the job of publicists is to maintain a certain level and at the end of the day we can't talk to every lizzo can't be at the end of the carpet talking because mm-hmm. it just it doesn't it doesn't keep a, a certain aesthetic mm-hmm. um so it's like finding a balance between why how, doesn't it keep a certain aesthetic because at a certain day like like once you get to a certain level it wouldn't be no if it would be it could be a white outlet at the end you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying it just you're supposed to like once you get to a certain level, you only talk to TV outlets. You're not talking. You don't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't talk to online outlets because it is a perception thing. It's a perception. Interesting. And it is because at the end of the day, like you want people to think of your talent as this. And if you're a list, you do not talk to even. And sometimes you don't even talk. You know, something like sometimes they'll just be like not talking. Yeah, to like they're not talking to anybody. Like you know, I saw Gwen Stefani. I saw Billy Porter walk right past a lot of tv outlets so that's not unique to like sometimes they don't talk at all Mm -hmm. so it's like they just go there for the photo and then go on about their day so Mm -hmm. i think you got to keep in mind that there's levels and there's ways that you have to do it like i said i think it is a way to support black media but sometimes at the end of the day like when you're on a fucking carpet that is a mile long you just can't get to everybody because you're tired like like a and lot of these the, red carpets at film festivals are not that big. They're not that long. Yeah, and I think in th- every situation is different. Mm-hmm. And I thought with this particular why I felt like it was a little slightly sensational is because literally the Grammys carpet outside of the Oscars is the second longest carpet. It is literally close to a mile long. Oh so, shit! Yeah, like mm-hmm. you literally. I think by the time me and BJ the Chicago Kid got to close to being done, we had talked to like fifteen outlets. And that was the day Kobe had died. So I know at one point when we started, like, BJ started almost getting emotional because he was talking because they kept asking about Kobe and all these different things. So it's like all these different factors that I think sometimes people don't necessarily take into to account. Mm-hmm. So that was just my... Is it, I mean, but is the issue just like why are the black 
publications always all the, the way yeah the, yeah and i think and that's I think always that, the think, thing and i think that's i think that's why people are like mostly mad too is like i because to be honest with you sometimes the black publications could be anywhere and there are still some black not black publicists, mm-hmm. but there are still publicists. There are still artists who still think that they are above that as well. Yeah. Like it's not a good look to be on Ebony or Essence or anything like that. I don't like think it's that a better any... look to be on like these like TV things. So that's, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, oh yeah. No, I think that definitely exists, but I think, I think for me, the issue in this particular situation was that black outlets are put toward the past, but we do. I always make sure that my talent talks to the black outlets. Do we talk to every black outlet? No, because sometimes it's a messy situation. I'm sorry. I'm not talking to Hollywood online. No shade to them. (laughs) That's just not like, ah, you're not going to put me, you're not going to have my artists go viral for some wrong, some negative shit. So like, and I would just like, I have passed up TMZ sometimes. It's just what the reality of the situation. Right. Some things we just can't talk. We can't do. Absolutely. I think the issue is just like there. Were, I don't know what the black publication was. I don't know if it was it wasn't, unlocked or anything like yeah. that. But just like having to be towards the end, knowing that no one would talk to you. Mm-hmm. I think that's where yeah. people are getting angry. Exactly. And but and my thing is still like the average celebrity at a certain level doesn't talk to anybody besides the first three anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's that's across the board. There have been a few who have like a few celebrities who have like made the commitment to try mm-hmm. to diversify who they talk to. Halle yes. Berry comes um, to mind that one time. Yeah. Um Halle Berry, um Amy Adams, like it's random, but she will like stop for like outlets of color and like talk to them, mm-hmm. even though they're trying to rush her in. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Brie I, Larson. Um, I've never known that about Brie Larson. Um, the more you know. Uh, man, there's so many. Um, <sighs> Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of situations that I've read where Rihanna has only talked to the black publication. Mm -hmm. Like she hasn't done any interviews, but she will talk to a publication if it's black or if, you know, the person is, is black. Um, Reason why I continue to be. To stand. Yeah. A queen. Um, Why I continue to be. (laughs) I'm trying to think of some other celebrities that will actually stop and talk to. And I mean, but there's there's an equal amount of especially black celebrities who don't want to be bothered, who won't even stop for you at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a discussion we can get into after this is off the air. But you'd be surprised at the ones that are just like, I don't think so. I'm not interested in that. I've been told by a pretty prominent black celebrity. I don't care about diversity or whatever. I'm just here to do my job. Mm -hmm. Like I was like shocked, like, wow. okay, but that that attitude exists as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I spoke to um, a celebrity recently who has become a friend who mentioned that when we talked about racism in the industry, she was like, I've only faced um, stress and discrimination from other black people. And she's someone who loves blackness and love, but she said a lot of the encounters, the ones that made her feel emotional were by other black talent and I wasn't surprised. So, all right. Well, it hurts more when your own does it. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we are going to jump into that. Um, have you ever had a Valentine before? And if so, what did you do with them on the big day? A Valentine that's been queer well, or a, a rom- Valentine? Just romantic or romantic, I should say. Yes. And if you haven't, 
what would your dream who would be your dream valentine day and what would y'all do did you say valentine i did just go with it <laughs> valentine time time look i'm black um <laughs> Who would I want? Okay, so I don't remember having a Valentine. Um, Do you celebrate it? I mean, I just haven't had. I haven't. I never. I'm never dating anyone around Valentine's Day, right? which is weird. But um, it's almost like motherfuckers know they cheat. Yeah. Like, uh, um, but uh, if I wanted to go on a Valentine's Day date, it would be. It would be with. Okay, so I met this. There's two people. I met Ooh. both of them at Cannes. Which is funny. Um, you did a lot at can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and both of them had a crush on me and none of us said anything. I didn't know until after we were all back and. It was too late. It was too late. Um, so um, I'm not going to say their names, but I, 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 in my head, I know who they are. And I'd like to, I'd like for them to be my Valentine. Oh. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna reunite with one of them at Cannes this year, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm rooting for y'all. Thank you. Um, uh, what I would do, um, I don't know. I guess we take them to a nice place and maybe get her some flowers or something, and um, I don't know, nice massage maybe. Oh come nice. on. Um, uh, I'm bad at massage. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be sex, but like cuddling, you know, chatting and stuff like that. Um, we stand a cuddle queen. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, a, a lot of, I'm surrounded by beautiful women and I think a lot of them like, you know, I know how to make people laugh and women like that. So. My gay ass likes it too. Uh. <laughs> Am I dead? I don't like Valentine's Day. I don't love it, but I don't like, think anyone. I've gone, I've gone out on Valentine's Day, and it's like always too packed, and it just feels yep. like too much pressure. And it's just like I just want to be chilling, and I would like for you to show me love on some other day that mm. I'm not expecting to have to do it on this day. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've had one. I'm, it, it don't. I've had one. I've not had one. I've gone out mm. with a platonic Valentine's Day. With us, me and you. Yeah, like I've done it with you. I've done it with my friend Shy. So it's like I've done platonic. Valentine's Day. You shut the hell up. Uh, you heard that? <laughs> um. So yeah. So I've done that too. Um. What would you say, Valerie, is the kinkiest thing you've done this de- in the last decade? The, wow. The kinkiest thing you did last decade. Kinkiest. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Um. Uh, you know i haven't uh, 10 years ago um when i just came out i haven't really done anything super kinky with women okay only when i was sleeping with men mm, the ghetto <laughs> your face when you said men and i was you know sleeping with men and they would do they would want me to do all kind of stuff you know they want me to peg them um so wait so you pegged a man before mm-hmm. oh, several okay. times they want me to fist them which i've done too and um what kind of man were these black men (laughs) no Ah, 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 ah. the way valerie looked like i just just needed to know you know just from my own spirit uh 
just a lot of freaky things with men but with women i haven't i haven't had that many romantic female partners to mm. say kinky okay. anything kinky at all um but shout out to Peggy. Yeah, it was fine. It was fun. What is fisting like? <sighs> like I was giving a prostate exam. Valerie's mm. <laughs> <laughs> faces are priceless. <laughs> y'all, I wish y'all could see the face. <laughs> Ooh, you really don't like men because you like you were giving a prostate exam. Okay, so for fisting though, is it like? you have your the fist like this or is it just the four fingers um it could be either or either or okay but did um, you have the gloves on yeah i had on a, a glove okay in my case i gave him what he wanted so he wanted a full fist and that's why i gave it to him did uh, he take poppers or anything before was he high or anything i don't remember i okay. may have been high too to be honest got you and uh, you know and drunk um standing your true queen yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i may have just done it and you know for them it's a sexual thing but for me i'm thinking about you know what organs am i hitting yeah. what do i have to buy later with groceries um thinking about completing homework and all the weird things i'm thinking about while i'm inspecting the innards of this man's anus and so <laughs> i'm sorry my stomach hurts I, shout out to those who may do fisting i can't ooh. you need ginger ale for your stomach oh, i just mm, it makes me mm. i got a real tight booty hole so the thought of getting the idea of two fingers sometimes is, some people you yeah, know they do but, things to loosen it up they put enemas and whatever else they put up there mm. um i've met some weird dudes man shout out to them <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. what's one thing you wish someone would have told you about having sex with another woman before you started like if somebody had just been like hey you that, should know about this that about- foreplay is important mm. um there's nothing more painful than a dried up pussy mm. um and women <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry. I, did. I wasn't in the the mic. But. No, amen. I just it's just um women enjoy foreplay and you know. And it doesn't even have to be like long. They just want to know you have you take interest in their entire body and not just their, you know, private parts. Mm. Um nobody told me that before. So when I had my first girlfriend and I was just like, let's you know, I just was like go to, I went down on her. And I had no idea what I was doing and she knew I didn't know what I was doing and she she was laughing at me and it was embarrassing and um so yeah, okay. I wish I would have known that. You know, I didn't have any like a whole bunch of us were in the closet, so none of us knew anything. Mm. We weren't sharing, you know, secrets or anything like that. Mm. Okay. Um, use three words to describe your last sexual experience. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, it was in 2016. Yeah, I go for long periods of time without sexual contact. Um, I'm used to it at this point. Um, we gonna we gonna hope that you get. Some, <laughs> we gonna hope that you get some of the best motherfucking sex that you can possibly have in 2020. Is this the pray part still? <laughs> no, this is the thigh sex. Okay. Um, um, 2016. Okay, we gonna yeah, we gonna. Pray. Um, God, I can't believe I admitted that. Um, but look, everybody has a story. And yeah. This is it is okay. Look, there is nothing wrong with yeah. not 
that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have not been anally penetrated since 2016, so you are not once again you are not alone. Um uh it was um exciting, um enjoyable cuz she enjoyed it. Um mm-hmm. and I live for that kind of stuff. Um <laughs> and um a caring queen. It was <laughs> it was sweaty. Mm. I like sweaty sex. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. I you sweat a lot though. I do sweat a lot, but I don't actually sweat a lot during sex. That's the one place I don't sweat like a lot profusely. You need to you need to be working a little bit more. <laughs> maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe that's the one place that. I. I feel like like it's a sweat, but it is sweaty as I naturally am. But one time I had somebody sweat like fall on my lip. Oh, I love that. I didn't like. I didn't like that with men, but with women it was fine. Okay. We did it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With men. It depends on how sweaty. Like if it's like dripping, that's gross. But if it's like a nice little. A glisten. No, but if it's like a, a singular drop. Oof. I know you putting in work. Um. Amber, I feel like you went to a place. I did. Um, I, I. So yeah, it was sweaty, and um, yeah, I haven't really spoken. We we used to keep in contact, but not anymore. Mm. Um, the part, the person I was with, anyway. Yeah, and, yeah. So okay, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's one lesson you learned from your family about love that you incorporate in your romantic relationships? <sighs> it could be good or bad. Oh, I'll give you one of both. Um, service. Um, giving, um, bad thing is service. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, both are good and bad because, you know, you give to your partner and everything, but sometimes I, I've been known to get too caught up in the relationship to the point where I don't know who I am anymore and I'm mm. coddling them and catering, catering to them too much to the point where they get used to it. So when I get tired of it, they're upset that I'm not doing it anymore or whatever. Um, but like giving, you know, like monetary gifts and stuff like that. That was something that I learned from them because that was what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, service and giving monetary gifts. And one bad thing um, is, uh, see, my household was very different. My mother is autistic mm-hmm. um, and she didn't find out till she was 60. So we didn't learn a lot of the things that most normal households would learn about love and stuff like that. Because we grew up and we thought we were autistic too, me and my sister, until we found out that we weren't. We were just raised that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to answer what's good or bad because I'm, I'm still not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, can I just say that I would just like really appreciate your honesty because so many people, especially come on this show and like, try i mean not saying that they are trying to do this but they're like have it all together seemingly have it all together and it's just like really refreshing to hear like i'm still learning Mm -hmm. and i'm still here you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it's just refreshing to hear um i appreciate it i'm not embarrassed or ashamed anymore of like as you shouldn't be yeah i don't care so i'm just like amber said we're all still learning yeah Mm -hmm. um I just like I just like to speak and live in my truths, I guess. As yeah. You guys would say. So, 
That's what I'm doing. Okay. So last um, thought question. If you could work in any segment of the sex work industry, which segment would you would it be? Dominatrix. Yeah. Mm. Dominatrix, because I like power. There is there is sexuality and power of dominating men. I couldn't do it with women. Mm. But men, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do bird confessions. Okay, these are rapid fire questions. You have to put yourself value. I want you. You don't really. You don't give me strong bird, but I want you to be a bird. Okay. okay. All right. I don't Red. give you strong bird. <laughs> you don't give me strong bird, but I, I, I feel like you. You got it in there. Mm-hmm. So okay, you ready? Yeah. What kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, ostrich, penguin, or peacock? Owl isn't an option. You know what? No, but I'm I'm down for an owl. <laughs> Um, there goes a new one. Because I like to, I like to observe and then mm. pounce. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but if I have to pick from your options, I guess that would be. Uh, I like owl. You okay. Gotta pick from our options. We gonna add, look. I'm gonna add that to the options now. <laughs> Come on. We we don't we don't have people add, so I fuck with it. Um, what would be what would you what name would you give Lori Harvey's autobiography? Oh man, um, the bird's the word. <laughs> I'm so <done. laughs> Okay. <laughs> what would your stripper name be, and what what would be your go-to song? Um, Titty Midnight. Okay. Midnight. <laughs> I love it. And uh, my go-to song would probably be <sighs> probably Method Man's "You're All I Need." I don't know. Okay. That's a that's that's a that's a, that's seductive. If not, if if it has to be like an R and B song, it don't have to be. It can okay. be whatever you want. It'll probably be Mary J. I'm going down or whatever. Oh, wow, you're picking very seductive. I feel like you're giving a very sexy, like sensual stripping routine. Yeah. Um, versus me, who's just twerking. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's nothing wrong with twerking. Amen. Um, you are featured on an episode of Maury. What is the show topic for the day? Is is she the baby's baby? Is he's the baby father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend or girlfriend, unruly teenager, or I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. I scammed my ex out of thousands. Okay. Um, years of going years of without having sex has rewired my brain to focus on other things. <laughs> so um, the focus is work and money and scamming people out of thousands is something that I may or may not have done anyway but um come on allegedly um <laughs> may or may not have done but um <laughs> i uh i would go with that okay what would be the name of your sex tape oh my god um the name of my sex tape would probably be um elbows and assholes 32 why 32 i'm trying to understand the elbows because 32 is how many of them have been right yeah so it'd be elbow it's actually online from um 
the second alien movie where he's like assholes and elbows come on and i'm like that's actually a cool name i think that would be like interesting you see the cover elbows and assholes you'd be like okay so this is weird i think i'm gonna check it out okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i fucking love valerie bro um <laughs> What's the love hip hop? Would you rather be on Miami, New York, Atlanta, or Hollywood? I have to say New York because I don't know. New York just keep it real. People just are just honest. I don't like the the fakery that comes with Hollywood or the um the laziness that comes with Miami <laughs> or you know the different different cities have their own thing mm-hmm. and New York has the its thing that I'm used to which is the 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 harsh you know some some people are out of control but at least they're honest okay um would you rather someone spinning your mouth or your butt mouth okay i don't i don't really like things near my butt yet i'm still okay. working on that <laughs> come on yet yeah come on still working I on i love it. a yet yeah but, my um and let me tell you valerie <laughs> As someone who's gotten their butt spinning multiple times, same. A good spin in your butt will change your life. My, my emphasis on a good spin. My 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 roommate currently is like, she loves to get her ass eaten, and I'm like, I don't. What's the allure? And she's wait you know, till you get it done. Yeah, she that's what she, that's exactly what she says. <laughs> wait till it happens to you. Yeah. It's just and, gonna you're gonna be like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, see, Amber can speak from a woman's perspective. I mm-hmm. can't, but I can tell you a good spit, like a good, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you hear it and you hear that, like that splat mm-hmm. impact, because it's all about the splat impact for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's like, can I feel it? Because like if I get like a little, and it feel like raindrops, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck was you doing? But when I feel it, like mm-hmm. when you, you're like yes. Um, I'm sorry, it's like Kobe. <laughs> um. <laughs> your, cele- <laughs> your celebrity capsule, capsule collection would be with Fashion Nova, Target, H&M, or Pretty Little Things. My fashion what? Your celebrity capsule collection would be with Fashion Nova, Target, H&M, or Pretty Little Things. H&M. Okay. A high quality bird. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, who's the most iconic thought of all time to you? The most iconic thought of all time. <laughs> most iconic thought of all time wow wouldn't that be jezebel like the the woman from the bible, bible? technically um, she yeah. is the most iconic thought good, um, good option if i'm if i'm if i'm being uh uh intellectual but if i'm if i'm i guess a uh, corinne stevens mm. come on superhead come on she has a name called she has she's called Superhead. She's not called that for nothing. Right. You know what I mean? I actually was not imp- Did y'all see the sex tape with her? I wasn't no. impressed by it. She has a sex tape out. I mean, when you hear sex tape from people like that, you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't impressed. She sucked Mr. Marcus off. Um, which <sighs> is one of my dreams. Um Who's that? He's a, a, a heterosexual porn star. Okay. He was the first porn star I ever seen. He probably uh, he probably helped me to come to the conclusion that yep. I was gay because I was like, this is a man, honey. Yep. A beautiful man. Um, anyways, we are going to go into the day of the week, which is one male, male or male presenting individual that we feel like we are crushing on or just somebody we think is special. Um, Amber, who's your daddy of the week? Um, 
my uh, zaddy and bad bitch hall of fame are going to be sex education um, <laughs> based because Come. that show is fucking amazing. If you're not watching it, watch it, please. Second season is amazing. Uh, I'm so, going to so give it good. to, um, I can't, I don't know if this is how you pronounce his names, but I think it's Keter, Cater, William Strong, the little boy, the black boy who has, um, black boy who wears the faint contacts and got the uh, lesbian moms. <laughs> Um, I just love him. He's great. I think he's just like a really like great character. And it was good to see just like um, him develop over time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, Valerie, who's your, your zaddy of the week? Um, what is his name? Um, he was on The Watchmen. He played Regina he, King's yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think it, he's like zaddy of the week every week. Because he deserves. He deserves. That dick deserves. He's just a yeah. fine specimen. Yeah. Um. Mm. He chocolate. He has a nice smile. Yeah. He's just good he's from looking. New Orleans. Yeah. He's just good looking, and I, you know, my eyes are attracted to him and what he looks like, and yeah, I just don't want his dick in me. I do. <laughs> in unison <laughs> I do mm, mm, mm. please now that's a dick I ain't took no dick since 2016 but that's a dick I'm willing to take in 2020 um mine is going to be to the older black man on the train today <laughs> um shout I was on the, I, shout out to him I was on the train what train was it the D I was I was no I was on the A okay um A for anal yep um <laughs> and um I I saw him he, he was the way vi- you said anal was so <laughs> wholesome <laughs> um, <laughs> um it can be a very wholesome place um <laughs> Yeah, I saw him. He 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 took a special attention to me. He made sure that when he um got off the train, he was a very older, a very attractive older black man. Looked like he goes to gym regularly. Like mm-hmm. he's kept up himself. He made a point to tell me that he liked my outfit um as he got off the train, and he just made me feel very sexy and desirable. And I was just like, ooh. Um, he also was with a, a older older gentleman that looked like it could have been his father. I don't really know, but I ain't asking questions. Because uh, that ain't my problem. All right, so next we're going to go back, go into Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, which is one woman or female presenting individual that we feel like just, it can be just a overall bad bitch. We think it's a bad bitch. It could be our mother. It could be anyone. So, Amber, we'll start with you again. Who is your Bad Bitch Hall of Fame? Um, her name is I'm also might be butchering her name as well uh but it's Chinyene Chinyene uh Azudu uh she is on second season of Sex Education Black Girl and I'm obsessed with her and that's all I got. I don't I don't want to do any spoilers just watch the fucking show. Sex Education is uh, so good. It's so dope. It's so good and she just deserves and it was just like really good to see her character. It's one of the few shows I probably put Amber on. Yes, <laughs> truly, truly, but it's a great show. It's a it's a moment for us. Yeah. Um, my bad bitch Hall of Fame is gonna be Niecy Nash. I just feel like a bad bitch. I just feel like Damn. Niecy, body like, goals, body motherfucking. I'm always goals. like, why don't people like that want to call me back? Like, what the heck? Because they they rare. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> bodies like that don't happen. Ooh, all the time. And it's a natural ass body. Mm. Maybe she got a little light bulb, but it's still a well, natural. Look, she, she, but but she been but like 
Niecy Nash been stacked since like the late nineties. Yeah, like been since a body. That's like, a body. But more importantly, I just think like to see kind of her, her how her career has grown yeah. over like the last three decades, really. Yeah. And just see what she's become. I shout out to Niecy Nash. I'm like, I don't find. I'm glad that in the last like three or like the last five years, I feel like she's starting to finally kind of get her due as a comedic actress because she's one of like her and Tashina Arnold are like really like mm-hmm. they're really great comedic actresses but t- I mean I think Nisi also is a great dramatic actress mm-hmm. yeah. too um just come so on, overall great come on um Valerie who's your bad bitch hall of fame who you put in the my I'm gonna put my grandmother in there um come on, may grandma. she rest in peace um she uh passed away in 2015 mm. and uh Sorry about she, that. she she lived till she was 80 81 82 mm-hmm. and she was just i don't know man she just was one of those people that just didn't give a flying fuck she was talking about i never forget this one story i'll tell you a quick story my grandmother told me um she my my mom was a baby and my grandmother was married and her and her husband at the time were having an argument and she uh she said he hit he hit her upside her head and she fell to the ground or whatever and um she took a knife and sliced him up and then he went to the to the hospital and <laughs> he went to the hospital and then she told her people what happened and her people who were like a big gang at the time went to the hospital and said if you tell the cops what happened they will not find your body. He never told the cops. He actually left town. And I was like, grandmother got, grandma got clout. Love. Um, my whole family is nutty. Um, I love it. But I'm standing for grandma. Okay. Yes. Um, and also she was the, one of the first people to accept. I came out to her and she was just like, do your thing. She was yeah. like, people need to mind their business. She was like, I used to hang out with gay people all the time. Cause you used to hang out with little Richard and stuff like that. <laughs> and yeah and Ike and Tina and so um she was like there's nothing not normal about that she was like do what you do you know and the way she would talk to people and you know she was a nice you know she was a nice giving caring lady but she cursed you out um multifaceted get the shotgun <laughs> like yeah like standard multifaceted yep game. Yep. Queen. Queen. Um, sorry, I meant to say queen. All right. Okay. So we gonna always, as always, we close it out with good bussy vibes, which is one quote that has just inspired me or I felt like the girls need to hear. Cause you know I'm all about letting the girls know things that they need to hear. Um and it reads this shout out to my sister, my oldest sister, signing for sending me this because she sent it to me yesterday and I was like, Ooh, it's kind of made me feel because i've been just feeling feeling very like i've been had to pray i had to pray twice in less than a week not to give up on love (laughs) because i was like these niggas sick of these niggas anyways you're rare so people are going to fall in love with the idea of having you but most of them aren't used to rare they're foreign to it so they'll so they'll lack the capacity to treat you as such and that's where they'll lose you you're rare so people are going to fall in love with the idea of having you but most of them aren't used to rare they're foreign to it so they lack the capacity to treat you as such and that's where they lose you this came from um spiritual word on instagram and it comes from boy underscore mccoy he put it on twitter and spiritual word on instagram picked it up and i just thought this was really a good quote because i think sometimes when you're like going through 
dating you're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> um the ghetto anyways valerie thank you for coming thank you thank so you. much we appreciate you for being so honest and just truthful what like before we leave what would you like to tell the bussy high what would you like to promote what would you like the girls to know is there something coming um, up um i'm gonna read a quote real quick it's real short okay come on. um guys i don't know who this is from but the quote starts guys it's been like 500 years Love is not making white supremacy go away. And I just thought that that was a very important quote to put out because it's not. So when they say love thy neighbor, they're still going to burn a cross on your lawn if, if that's the case. So um, it's it's time for a revolution because we have to, um, if you want to live uh, and continue living without the, um, without the fear of oppression and looming death um, from state-sanctioned violence, um, start making moves um so i just wanted to get that out the way um uh you can find me on uh twitter at uh at valerie complex v-a-l-e-r-i-e-c-o-m-p-l-e-x and you can also find me on instagram at valerie underscore complex i have an author's profile at the bent agency where my agent is located um just look up valerie complex you'll see my profile there uh i have a website that's coming my website is under construction but for now it is valeriecomplex.com and check back for updates um i'll be writing reviews and social commentary um that's it a queen we stand Oh, you said the motherfucker with a website, okay? Come on. <laughs> and that was me popping my mouth. <laughs> and I, I heard it. I was like, we, seal of approval. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. We got to get up out of here, but we love you, Bussy Hive. Shout and out to y'all. We love y'all yeah, tremendously. Thank you so much for everything. Dropping and it low for Bussy. Yay. Come on. Bussy Come on. When you dirty wine, bust it, bust it, bust it. In the club. So fucking my song, Valerie. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.